I'm Dr. John Tam, and welcome to the Career Change Advice Podcast. My definition of the good career is one that is aligned to who you are, whether it's clocking an 80-hour work week or having a job that just passes time so you can go home and spend it with your loved ones. I believe that a good career works for you and not the other way around. I promise to support you with every single episode with sound career advice for positive change, whether it's minor tweaks or a full-on career switch. Let's begin. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to my channel, the best place for hardworking millennials to learn more about career soft skills. Now, that was just my wife, and she is super shy. I gotta pull her back here. Now, in this video, we're going to review the Big Five Personality Traits Understand Myself report by Jordan Peterson's Understand Myself. And recently, he came out with something called the Relationship Report, right? And the Relationship Report is basically a report on relationships. So today I invited my wife to be on camera with me and we are going to go do a live review of the relationship report. We started out looking at it at first and then we realized like, hey, this would actually be really fun to document it together and just to see what this really means, right? And the relationship report literally came out, I think yesterday, because I was clicking about it like a few days ago and it wasn't there. Now it's there. And so if it's your first time here, definitely click the subscribe and hit the notification bell because in this channel, we talk about all things uh, career clarity and also about soft skills. And personality is a big part of it. Without further ado, we're gonna start diving into Jordan Peterson's Understand Myself's Relationship Report. Now, the reason why we're doing this is obviously because relationships is such a big part of what we do, right? There's the whole, you know, go to work thing that you gotta do on a daily basis. But at the same time, you have gotta go home and you gotta see your partner and there are a lot of things that happens at home that will affect the workplace. And so that's why we're talking about it. And all of this can be encompassed under soft skills because how you deal with your partner would affect how you perform at work because if things aren't aligned at home you know when we're dealing with kids and stuff like that uh it's gonna cause problems at work and so uh yeah and so without further ado here we go right so the first personality trait we're gonna look at is trait agreeableness on the relationship report there's several sections that comes after right so first you see your score and then you see your partner score what comes after is the implication section and the implication section is where they talk about how it is different and how it would affect your relationship so in this case i'm in around in the middle and the lower bit of agreeableness overall. And much higher. We are slightly different in agreeableness. This may present a problem to your relationship at times. You may at times find it difficult to understand each other's motivations and actions, as well as have difficulties communicating your needs and negotiating. It says you can use your differences to your advantage, helping each other develop the virtues of the opposite traits. I think it's good that the difference is not that great. It's like a complementary role. So it's actually like a good thing that we're a bit different in terms of agreeableness. Let's talk about driving. I think we were fighting for oh, a spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I signaled that I'm gonna take the spot and then, and, then, and then he started cussing me out. And then so I cussed him out as well. And then uh, because I don't mind conflict, like I'm low in agreeableness. It's like, you do this to me, like I'm gonna come back at you, right? It's, it is what it is. And then meanwhile, my lovely wife. I was like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's okay. Have a good day. And then he is like cussing him out still. It really freaked that guy out because received like different signals. He went in to get his stuff and he came back quickly. Uh, when we do have disagreements about different things and uh, and sometimes it helps us and sometimes she's right in that, you know, we, do, we don't need to always go into conflict all the time. And yeah, so see here it says you're 
a bit more blunter, tougher, and stubborn. Meanwhile, here it says, my partner will be more compassionate, caring, empathetic, self-sacrificing, and polite than you. And you have to be careful of not taking advantage of me. <laughs> I take advantage of her all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's how the chemistry works, right? Um, and so the next section after the implications, which is totally on point. It also says that like you can help me learn to negotiate with difficult people. I can. I think like learning about my agreeableness that it's like higher than most people really helped me like learn like figure out what is it that I want and like how to speak up for myself <laughs> or like how to like how to communicate to him what what's important to me because if I don't know what's important to me or if I'm just saying yes to whatever he, he's saying or, or other people then like how will people know who what you're about right so um, now I feel that's quite helpful yeah, so I bought a book for her on uh, the art of saying no <laughs> on Amazon. And it's, a, it's a great book. I got some videos coming out in the yeah, future called... Yeah, I think it's called... helpful for me. Yeah, it's helpful for you? How is it helpful? I'm able to say no to you. That's... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why did I buy that book? Knowing that I'm more agreeable than most people, then I can consciously say it out. Like, okay, this is going to be my time to like make soap or do whatever I want. And then then they'll know and then they'll be able to respect me and like be able to draw those boundaries yeah at the same time i help her say no to things that i think is like this is stupid i don't think it's a good idea so i'll just help her say no to things um and sometimes she tells me like no i don't need you to say no sometimes she'll be like thank you for saying no and protecting my time i actually really needed that time this is what we call personality congruence when two personalities come together it's not inherently good or bad but what it means is that there are going to be positives. Like I'm going to help be able to help her say no, but she's and going I to help, help her be more, help him be more empathetic and take off that edge, right? Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's not intrinsically good or bad. It's just how you work it out. But at the same time, if we don't communicate and sort these things out, what happens is I'll see her as a pushover and she'll see me as a really like selfish and bossy and just like do whatever you want and just kind of run my life. Yeah, and I don't care about her and, and so on. So, but that's not true. I really care about her, right? And for agreeableness, it talks about the virtues and faults, which is great. It talks about the sex life. I'm not going to talk about our sex <laughs> life on camera, but it talks about parenting. There's two types of parenting styles. Authoritative parenting style is characterized by making reasonable demands of your children while being responsive to their needs and wishes. A permissive parenting style is characterized by making relatively low demands of your children while being highly responsive to their needs and wishes. Now, if you ever follow Jordan Peterson stuff, he generally advocates for authoritative style because you know you need to set high expectations so that the kids know how to strive for it. You also let them, you know, go for it. You also give them the autonomy to pursue it so that they can actually face adversity and grow from it. You take this to the extreme and you become a tyrant, that's not a great thing, but in a permissive parenting style, that's more of very much nurturing and very much like you are more conflict adverse for kids. Like if the kid asks for more iPad time, you're generally like, uh, okay, fine, you know, whatever. Um, but if you're authoritative, it's more like, you know, I don't mind saying no to you and you're going to be okay with it until you're 19. So in this case, agreeableness is related to different parenting styles as well. And for that, I think it's very interesting, right? Setting joint boundaries. I have something to say. I don't think I'm more of a permissive like yes uh, okay there's a cultural context to this because we're chinese 
<laughs> Maybe like my personality is inclined to a more permissive parenting style, but I'm really grateful for my personal experiences. Yeah, trying to have like a schedule or consistent times for them to do stuff. Even though I might be very permissive and letting them do whatever they want, but at least like I give myself certain boundaries. Maybe it's like physical boundaries, like in certain rooms do certain things, or um, like a carved out time, like a certain amount of time to do this and that. Like here it says, it's learning how to jointly set boundaries so that the more disagreeable partner is not too, being too much of a disciplinarian uh, and the more agreeable partner is not too often the parent that says yes and is liked but not respected. And so, yes, we in 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 the case of parenting, I would say that we both balance each other out pretty well, right? And in fact, the kids tell us that as well. It reminds me, I haven't finished reading like the Jordan Peterson book, like the nine 12, rules. 12, 12 rules. rules. So like, <laughs> nine but like one of the rules was about like never do something for a child where like they can do by themselves. I think that's a great reminder. It then dives into the subtraits of politeness and compassion and those we found to be generally pretty accurate as well. Trait conscientiousness is the personality trait that's associated mostly with success in life, specifically financial success. It's whether you can stay focused on a task or are you more prone to be flexible. It's based on the traits of industriousness and orderliness. We're both average but I'm higher than you. Yes, she is higher than me. She's <laughs> I'm more industrious than her, and she's more orderly than me, and so that's why the house is clean. Sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> that's also why I'm the one that's driving them to work on, whether it's on this video, I'm the one who suggested it, pursuing a PhD, teaching, and so on. All these things also manifest itself in our daily lives, right? So if anything, I'm the engine that moves the family, and she's the person that keeps everything, you know, together, right? I think the nice thing about like us being like both around the middle is that I'll be able to appreciate you when you're working hard but also be able to appreciate when you need a break and then I'm able to like take a break with you, enjoy like the balance of it. Here it also talks about the virtues and faults. Conscientiousness predicts marital stability and, the, and a low likelihood of divorce, right? So in this case, yeah, like a lot of things that they're saying here is pretty accurate. You know, when we need to go, we're able to go and work hard and double down on what we gotta do. But when we need to take a break, where neither of us are like crazy workaholics and um, we're able to have some downtime and really focus on what we gotta do. It also talks about being responsible of money. We're both somewhat responsible for money and we are not you know, gonna save obsessively and we're not gonna get into credit card debt, which is also true. And we also make our bill payments in time and maintain a decent credit score, which is all true. And so, yeah, I mean, I think this is pretty much, it's on the ball in terms of predicting uh, our conscientiousness and our marriage as well, right? The whole point behind marital stability is this. In marital stability is that if we're able to care about each other more and feel guilty that, you know, either of us are overworking or over-focusing on things that, you know, is taking away from the marriage we will put back into the marriage and we will invest back into the marriage because you know it's 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 our bedrock it's our cornerstone in how we maintain a lot of things yeah okay if someone is on the extreme end of the conscientiousness spectrum what happens is that uh, well your life is so focused on something and if it's focused on work per se then you run the risk of you know neglecting your family but if it's 
if both of us are in the middle of the conscientiousness spectrum, what that means is there's a good balance of work and play and flexibility and not just this, there's not that rigidity. Now, if you're too low on trade conscientiousness, what that means, your life is in chaos. If one person is low on conscientiousness, the other is in the mid range of conscientiousness, then the mid will pull the low up and the low will keep the mid chill, right? But what happens is if they're both low, what happens is uh, you know marriage can get quite chaotic, like in terms of the finances, the parenting, um, just the discipline of keeping your life in order, and then things can spiral out of control. So definitely trade conscientiousness, I could see how it's a huge predictor of uh, marriage stability. Okay, the next bit is extroversion. I'm an extrovert, and my wife is generally an introvert. Now on this personality test, it actually says that she's in the typical range of extroversion, right? It okay. says that you're in the middle, middle low. Uh -huh. And here it says I'm mid-high. I'm high in what we call enthusiasm, right? The subtrait enthusiasm. There's also the other subtrait called assertiveness, which I'm actually in the mid-range. So that actually pulls it down so that I'm I'm extroverted, but I'm more like you know, like enthusiastic extroverted rather than assertive extroversion. But this is for like your personal life, right? It's not for when you're in the workplace. That's true, right? So there is a distinction. So if you want to learn more about workplace personality, this is what my channel is mostly about. More about workplace personality rather than at-home personality. This is more of a generic personality trait, uh, personality assessment. If you want to focus specifically on workplace uh, personality assessments, definitely subscribe to my channel and click the notification bell. There's also the free personality test, which I'll leave in the comments below, which focuses specifically on the workplace. It's totally free and when you subscribe, you basically join our mailing list so that you can receive regular updates from us. That will help you in your work and it's free anyway. So if you want to unsubscribe, that's totally fine too, right? Whatever. But definitely check out that personality test and see if it helps you. And for both of us, we're both ambiverts. We're, we're right in the middle. I'm higher in enthusiasm and she's lower in enthusiasm, as you can see in this video so far. <laughs> we're dealing with kids like he brings a lot of like joy and giggles like during dinner like conversations and it's such a big difference in the atmosphere of our home like whenever he's around and instead of like working so yeah like both all our kids and i really appreciate his presence in this way yeah yeah and in terms of assertiveness uh i'm a little bit more assertive than her but i'm right in the middle for assertiveness and you're a little bit on you know you're also in the middle so Pretty much like we're both ambiverts. I think it really comes out in our in our marriage as well in terms of we like seeing people, we like being around people, but you know, we not too much. We're not like social butterflies, but at the same time we enjoy people and we also like to have our own time, right? In our family. Like, I know. think like you really see yeah. it when there are those weekends where it's just like packed with like family activities and packed with like social gatherings and after all that like we just wanna like hide. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and we're both okay with hiding. The, for the virtues and faults as a couple, we won't be constantly engaged in social activities, and we're yeah, and we'll also have our private time. Yeah, uh, but here it's actually really interesting, which it says that a uh, higher score in extroversion predicts infidelity and also the use of alcohol to fuel your sex life. And so you know, uh, we're ambiverts, and you know, this is not something that comes up in our lives. Uh, we're flexible in our jobs so that we enjoy we enjoy working with people but we also enjoy working alone and that's also very much true like doing youtube videos academic research and doing like you know teaching it's like an ambivert kind of thing too much teaching drains me out like crazy too much sitting down and doing like writing papers and stuff also drains me out like crazy so uh yeah good balance is something that's Good. Also talks about spending. We can occasionally be impulsive and overspending, but it's unlikely to be a large problem. Uh, extroverts tend to spend more money. 
and introverts are better at making financial decisions. And I think that's also the true in our case. I mean, not, neither of us overspend and we tend to do our research and we generally communicate. If anything, I spend more than her. Agree? Mm. Yeah. But we tend to communicate and it's not like out of control. Trait neuroticism is a big five personality trait associated with a person's pro propensity towards negative emotion versus emotional stability, right? And there's two sub-traits in there. One is called volatility and the other one is called withdrawal. Here it says I'm higher in neuroticism than the average person, um, which means, uh, you know, I'm a little bit more volatile and withdrawn. And in Anna's case, she's in the middle. I think this has to do with like the situations we put ourselves in. Before, especially when my kids were younger, I definitely wouldn't be like in the middle. I think it would be much higher, especially after my third baby was born. Um, so yeah. I think it, it depends on like what phase or like what situation you're going through. But just being aware and like using knowing the strategies to help manage your your emotions i think that's like so important I, like for me i learned so much to um like about when things are stressing me out and then like what i should do like for example i i've never exercised like ever since high school the more of an extrovert in me that took her to the gym and then we started working out together and it's paid huge dividends i mean uh, for neuroticism for myself if I don't exercise, if I, I mean, right now we're in social isolation. By like a month in, I couldn't take any more. Like we spent money to buy a basketball net. I play basketball, right? And then we also set up like different workout stations at home so that I can really blow up that steam because, you know, here it says it's called a volatility. In other reports in workplace, Big Five reports, it's all called intensity. So just the proneness towards more of a fire, I guess. But this is also correlated to drive, right? Uh, neuroticism, if you are more neurotic, what that means is you are also more driven and you actually see the problems around you and you want to fix the problems and you're more driven to go solve it. So once again, personality traits are all interrelated, but in my case, the neuroticism helps me to drive my work forward or also, um, you know, just get stuff done, right? It stresses me out sometimes, but you know, it also helps me get stuff done. So it's not to say that being neurotic is necessarily a bad thing, but you really need to figure out ways to process it to handle that stress, just deal with it in a positive way. And so that's all about building the soft skills of self-management, using conscientiousness to handle the neuroticism, like setting a schedule, uh, setting up a routine, so that things don't get out of hand and you feel like the world is spiraling out of control and that you can actually get stuff done. Well, yeah, speaking of like how these traits relate to other traits, like he talked about bringing me to the gym, right? And I think because of my like higher uh, score and agreeableness, like I, he was able to bring me to the gym or I was like, I would have never gone, especially like to the weightlifting section because like I don't even like exercise at all like yeah, before the, having The kids. first time she saw power cage, it, it freaked her out. Like being agreeable in some ways, you're able to be involved in things otherwise that as an introvert, I would have never you know, gone and do. So here it talks about neuroticism, the virtues and faults as a couple. I am more likely to feel higher levels of negative emotion and that is true. My partner would feel more worried, anxious and upset when appropriate. It is unlikely to be frequently disabled by negative emotion. So we would set each other off emotionally, which is also true. But at the same time, uh, my partner's relative stability, she's lower in volatility. One of the things that attracted me to her in the first place, like two decades ago, 
is probably the sense of stability that I always get from you know being around her. Like she basically calms me down, and I'm like, oh yeah, it's gonna be okay. I'm the engine, and she's the stabilizer. Okay, highly stressful work, and so that is also true. I don't like things that are too stressful, and I like to do things at my own pace. And that's why I chose this line of work where I'm doing YouTube videos at my own pace. I'm also helping people teaching at the university at my own pace. Um, and so everything is more balanced, right? Because not, not everyone's suited for a highly stressful job and that's just the way it is. It also talks about finances, is that we're not gonna go make uh, risky financial decisions and that you know we also balance each other out in terms of the financial risk that we take on pretty much anything, whether it's investment or savings or just stuff that we want to buy for our neuroticism score we're in the middle maybe he's like a little bit high like but still in the middle so it's within a range where we're able to empathize with each other like i can understand that he has you know negative emotions or he'll be able to know when when i'm not on my best day being able to go through those arguments or those situations and learn how to communicate through that like those kind of patterns I think really helps because then the next time when it something arises, both of us know what the cues were and what the next steps are that can help resolve these conflicts. But whereas if you imagine like someone that has like a very different score, one that is like super high on neuroticism and then the other partner is super low, it might be very difficult for the person that's lower to be able to even understand like why are you so nervous and then the other end like that person might feel like why do you like not care about anything but in reality it's just that they just perceive things differently so in those cases it becomes even more important to have like a middle ground some like a negotiator someone in the middle to help bring those perspectives like into light but luckily i think for us even though you know we're not both like super low it, you know it's normal it just means that like we have emotions we're humans like <laughs> and just be able to realize it and find strategies that work for us and communicate through it sometimes it takes more time to be able to do that but i think it's worth it because think about it like in a relationship of like 20 years if you've experienced that with someone before and they have that memory like they know the next time like how to communicate it all adds up and builds up and that's how you maintain the relationship and like make it grow all right and we're on the last personality trait which is openness to experience openness to experience is a big five personality trait associated with creativity artistic interest and intelligence got two sub traits openness and intellect openness is associated with aesthetic creative and visionary aspects of openness to experience and intellect is associated with interest in ideas, curiosity, and abstract thought. Uh, I am mid-high and she's like right in, in the, the middle. middle. And I think it's a like, theme that's constantly come up in this video so far is that to make a relationship work, you really gotta be closer in a variety of personality traits. Like you gotta be different enough that you find each other interesting and that you there's a new perspective on something but at the same time you want to be close enough so that able to empathize with one another and i think in our marriage what comes up all the time in terms of ones that we have the biggest differences in our sub traits right so i think like you know volatility was one that we mentioned uh for neuroticism agreeableness agreeableness is also one that comes up and these are the ones that you know there's a bigger difference and these are that's actually where all, all most of our arguments come from so when we're talking about openness to experience yeah a lot of it is pretty close um we're we're in the middle where it won't change for the sake of changing uh we're comfortable with travel we won't be interested in drugs 
or traveling the world excessively, even though we've traveled the world. Yeah, six cities in seven years in like five, five countries. Talks about religion, talks about our sex life. It's all on point. If you have children, you will both likely to strike a balance between encouraging traditional values, social norms, and respect for authority and exposing them to new ideas, art, and experiences. And I would say that is totally true because we take them to church, but we're also very open to in introducing them to a lot of new ideas, right? But actually for the the specific traits under um, openness to experience were quite different. So for intellect, it's people who are interested in ideas and philosophical discussion. And that's not surprising because I'm in the social studies. Yes, you got a PhD in yeah, sociology. Yeah. And meanwhile, she's much more grounded on actual things that are useful. Like, is this idea actually useful? In the report, they made an effort to explain that being low in intellect does not mean like you have lower IQ. It just means that you're not that interested in like abstract concepts. So, like you. She's more applied. The stuff is on the ground. It's like, like so what, right? You talk about it. You talk about a great idea. The next question is so what? For me, it's like the great. You pursue a great idea because it's a great idea, and the idea is awesome, and that's the difference. My openness is high, uh -huh. so I have a love for beauty, creativity, beautiful crafts, and stuff. I actually didn't know about this, like about me when I was in university. In terms of openness to experience, the, the implications is that, yeah, and I would need creative outlets and I may or may not, and that is totally true. She may have strange mental experiences from time to time <laughs> and may also Did think in me? unusual ways and that is totally true. Like I... Uh, what unusual thinking? And she's interested in occult, new age or unconventional ideas having to do with spirituality. I may dabble in them and that is... What? Yeah. Do you see that in me? Uh, and it says that you're also more likely to experiment with drugs, psychedelics and so on. And uh, we don't do any of that. And even if we do, we're not gonna admit it on YouTube. But no, but we don't, right? No, but do you see like these kind of things about me? Do I see these kind of things about you? Yeah, you tend to be a daydreamer. You dream a lot. To sum things up, I think the big five personality traits uh, using the relationship report in Understand Myself, it's quite accurate. Um, it highlighted a lot of the problems that um, the benefits and problems that show up in our marriage in terms of um, for all the big five personality traits it also showed that the ones that have the biggest distance in terms of you know especially in neuroticism or agreeableness um, those ones tend to highlight all the conflicts that we have on you know whenever we have conflict right so yeah it's definitely on point and it is basically um, similar to our approach in understanding workplace where when there's that too big of a distance in terms of personality, that's where all the conflict happens. Personality congruency is not intrinsically good or bad, but it's really about how you sort things out in terms of communication, in terms of the shared experiences, and also in terms of, you know, just working on that marriage uh, for a long time. Like, we've, we're on our 12th year in our marriage. We've known each other for over 20 years, and so, and we've been best friends for 18 of those years. And so like, it's it's not like any of this is really, you know, none of this really surprises us. Um, it's totally on point. And yeah, anything you want to add to that? I think like people learn from experience, but also like able to put it in a report that you can see helps you be more aware of 
those things and you know find strategies to resolve them i think those those are quite useful and i think overall it's a great extension of the understand myself report the understand myself report i found you know it's it's quite accurate the advice and the recommendations it makes is quite accurate and now you add a relationship component to it i think a lot of people are going to benefit from it if they take the report and they read it, read through it carefully. Of course, it's a generic uh, personality test, so it's gonna make some guesses out there and it may or may not apply to you. There's that cultural aspect that we mentioned earlier. For example, in Asian culture, introversion is typically seen as the virtue, uh, while extroversion you're seen as loudmouth and you don't know your place. Uh, in the West, it's the opposite, right? Extroverts are regarded as the leaders and introverts are generally regarded as um, the silent people who don't really know how to advocate for themselves. Um, well, at least that's the negative way to put it. After looking at the report, you also like you need to account for like the cultural aspects and also like your personal past experiences. Your age, your generation, social yeah, like all, all those things come into play. So it's not like you know a definitive like report on your relationship status and all things like that. But it's just something helpful to help bring light to certain things. For generally just looking at personality itself, I think this report is a wonderful extension of Understand Myself. And uh, yeah, and we're quite happy with the results. And it's quite accurate, right? In terms of actually, uh, as we have shared in this video, in terms of the big five. So if you like this video, remember to click the subscribe button and hit the notification bell once again. Thank you, my dear wife, for going on this video. It's not easy for her, uh, even though I think she's wonderful, beautiful, and all that stuff. But it's, you know, she's more of an introvert than me and it's her first time doing this and she's already ready to fade away. Oh, I'm sorry I'm not as entertaining. <laughs> kind of nervous, so I was just kind of like sitting here most of the time. No, but, you are, but you're much more thoughtful and deep in your, and candid in your, uh, in your analysis of our relationship. And for me, I'm just like more enthusiastic as everyone knows. So our personalities are all out there. Uh, it's not, none of it's in the extremities. Really highlights you know, how different we are. So once again, if you like this video, hit the subscribe button and click the notification bell to receive regular updates on videos that will help you on your personality, on career soft skills and gaining career clarity. Also join my Facebook group, Career Clarity and Soft Skills, so that you can connect with like-minded individuals who are interested in enhancing themselves and improving, you know, being the best versions of themselves as they can. If you like this video, uh, give it a like and leave a comment below on your thoughts. Uh, I read through everything and it really does help us a lot to understand, you know, what we can do better to help people. And yeah, so take care and see you guys in the next video. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast and share it with others who want their careers to work for them. Congrats for showing up and being your own career advocate today. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll talk to you in the next episode.